Today's jam-packed episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by The Ringer's NFL Show on The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can hear Tate Frazier. He's not just on this podcast, folks. He is. He also does a podcast with Michael Lombardi called GM Street. If you love the velvety voice of Tate Frazier talking college hoops, just wait until you hear him teeing up questions for Lombardi. Am I right, Tate? <laughs> Am I right? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I do. I just tee it all up, and Lombardi, uh, he knows it all, so it's so perfect. Yeah, thank you for that. What a plug. What a start to the day. I'm so excited. That was, that was a great plug. Uh, the, the reason I'm plugging GM Street is because, uh, I, as, as I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I'm trying to get back into NFL. I fell out of favor with NFL because probably because I was just a big pussy for like two years where I was just like, oh, the concussions, this is bad. Um but I'm over that now because I started watching Hard Knocks. Are you watching Hard Knocks? Of course, of course. We're, we're recapping. I have no Hard idea Knocks why I don't watch GM this show Street. every year. Yeah, it's the best. I, I really, honestly, I have no idea why I don't watch it. Like the, the Browns coach saying the line. I, I don't even know who the coach is. I don't know what he does for the team. But what he says, no shit. I got a lozenge, bitch. <laughs> that line from the the first episode. Yes. Yes. I was laughing so hard. Um, I'm, I, I love Hard Knocks, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to listen to you guys uh, bullshit and talk about whatever it is you talk about. I, I'll be honest, don't really listen much. <laughs> yeah, you never listen, but maybe now. this year you will. That would be great. Um, also, Shack House is a podcast. Kyle, do you still produce that? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Cool. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Shack House, also a podcast. Uh, uh, Tiger is back. It's our golf podcast on the Ringer Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, Tiger Woods is back. That was exciting. This is supposed to be a dead period for sports, Tate, and like not a lot going on. And Sunday was incredible with Tiger Woods. Uh, we had David Bodie hitting the walk-off. Grand. I guess this is more personal for me, but hitting a walk-off grand slam for the Cubs. Um, we have, we had, we had uh, the, the Little League World Series is about to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is happening, Tate. Are you are you into this? We need to. We should we should sponsor a Little League team. By the way, how can we get that done? Uh, we just gotta call Nike, we, Adidas. We we can do that. We know the platform. We know how to do this. We know, we know how to drop bags for for the kids. We can we can make it happen. They're twelve years old. They're they're already there. They're ripe and ready for all this. So yeah, we can do that. The the OSP I want to give a shout out to my dad, who is my dad is the biggest Little League fan in the world, and he called me on Sunday as the Cubs were winning with a walk off grand slam. As Tiger Woods is back for the first time in like twenty five years, my dad is calling to talk to me about the Web dot com tour that mm. Steph Curry was playing in. Nice. <laughs> Nice. And how he's tr- he's tracking the web.com the the developmental league for the PGA and he was also watching all the Little League World Series and he's calling me with like scouting reports on all these guys and he's like he, my dad actually said the phrase Michigan to me is by far the best team in America but I really have a soft spot for the Honolulu team and I was mm. like dad you're watching too much Little League baseball we need, <laughs> we need to pull you away from the TV so um Anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on. Check out TheRinger.com. We have many peop- multiple employees at The Ringer that cover multiple topics. So if you like stuff, if you're someone who likes stuff, go to TheRinger.com. You might mm-hmm. find someone who uh, also likes stuff there. Um, today, Tate and I have a ton to talk about, Tate. There, this was supposed to be a dead week again, and then the NCAA passes new legislation, or did they? Oh, no. Does this change things? Does it not? Mm. Does it not? I don't mm. know. Again. Um, we... we we have we have a ton that we want to get to. Uh, we we're going to call uh, a man who identifies himself as the Canadian John Rothstein um, to talk to us about how Carlton is beating the shit out of all of these high major and also South Dakota State. Yeah, uh, Mike Dom Division One programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to get into all of that, but first, Woody Durham.
All right, it is Tuesday afternoon here in Columbus, Ohio. It is it is hot. It is humid here. Um, I my allergies are kicking in, Tate. So I want to apologize to the listeners from the start. If I start sneezing, um, that's what's going on. I I have fall allergies. I the Midwest is literally trying to kill me. I'm allergic to my own home state. So this is this is not fun. But uh, I, I want to start here, Tate, because it, it's already the fall in what? the Midwest. Yeah, it's it's this happens to me every single year. Like I've had. <laughs> For the longest time, I was like a hard ass and I wouldn't take allergy pills because it was mm-hmm. like, I'm a man and I'm going to yeah. tough this out. No Zyrtec then, for you. Um, so this was, so like, I've been trained to not take allergy pills until like October or something, even though my allergies always start to kick in like mid-August. And uh, I was taking, I was taking Moses on a walk today and I just kept sneezing. I was like, damn, I'm sneezing a lot. I wonder if I got a cold or something. And then it just suddenly clicked. I was like, no, you dumbass. It's the middle of August. It's, it's the time for you to hate yourself. So this is happening. Yeah, well, times. I, I'm, um, I'm recovering from a weekend as well, and I'm going to say I'm having uh, some sort of allergies. So if you, if I seem a little off today, I blame, <laughs> blame the allergies. That's what it is. It's all allergies. Kyle, Kyle was at the dark room all weekend, and he he came down with some allergies as well. It's crazy. <laughs> Every, everyone has a lot of allergies. It's very strange. Who would have thought the midwest the Midwest it's fall season, season <laughs> spreading across the nation? The pollen, <laughs> the pollen in the Midwest is blowing all the way out to LA. It's crazy. These, these winds are are incredible. Who would have thought? Um, we have to start here, Tate. Last week, as pretty much as soon as we hang up from our podcast last week, uh, news breaks that Chicago State has found a new coach, a new basketball coach. Womp, womp. His name is not Mark Titus. Um, and a lot of people want an emergency podcast. A lot of people wanted answers. A lot of people were, were demanding what the hell is happening. Why did Titus step down? Or did Titus get fired? Or, or dare I say, Titus, did, did he not even actually have the job at all? Um, this whole time, and he was just faking it. Uh, a lot of people wanted answers. I kind of, you know, in classic coach fashion, I just kept silent and kind of waited for everything to blow over because that's what I've learned from college coaches. That's how you handle scandals is you just kind of don't say anything and then just hope everyone forgets mm-hmm. and moves on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did. I just kind of said, but but now it's getting to the point, Tate, where uh, I have to acknowledge it. So I figured we should do that right out the start. And I will say this. Um I, I did resign from my position as a Chicago State head coach. Uh, I resigned shortly after after we did the podcast. I was on Twitter uh, when I came across a tweet that said Chicago State has hired Lance Irvin to be its next head basketball coach. Um, in that moment, I I thought about it. Uh, I I called I called my family. We talked it over. Um, we were just kind of talking about like the idea of me moving to Chicago, all that kind of stuff. And we, we decided after seeing that tweet, we decided that I, I don't actually want to coach Chicago state anymore. Mm. So, uh, I, I gracefully bowed out. I resigned. I know I let a lot of people down in saying this, but, um, I feel like this is a mature thing to do is to like, like an an immature person would have been in it for the glory. And they would have said like, I'm going to charge through and I'm going to do this even though I don't want to. Um, because it's going to give me recognition. It's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to win national titles. I'm going to become famous and rich. I think the more mature thing is to step back and say, like, it's not about me. It's about it's about one, the kids in the locker room. I think that's the most important part that I, that a lot of people lose sight of with these sorts of things is that they are the student athletes are the most important uh, to my family. I mean, I'm not in this alone, Tate. I have a support system um, and they've been great to me and, and I have to take them into account. So I had to do what's best for them as well. And and that's that's pretty much it. That's my statement. I, I've, I chose to resign shortly after Chicago State hired someone else. And I just want to say, like, it's sort of a disappointment. I did not fulfill my my goal of winning a national championship, but 
What I did do is I, I, A, I went undefeated as a Chicago State head basketball coach. They can yes. never take that away from me. Mm-hmm. Never lost a game, Tate. Nope. Uh, I also, I, I, you know, maybe this isn't as, maybe the numbers, there's, there's no way to like quantify this, but I would say that I, I generated more interest in the Chicago State basketball program than anyone in the history of that program. Um, so I, I kind of brought Chicago State basketball again. You know, a lot of people say, a lot of, a lot of my followers were upset. They were saying Chicago will never be state again. Um, and, and firing me, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I'm going to take the high road and say I was grateful for the opportunity and uh, I look forward to the future and I'm going to put that behind me. So that's that. That's that, all That's all I really have to say, Tate. Yeah, that's that. And I will say this. Uh, I'm, I'm a little upset because, you know, as as everyone knows that listens to the program, you were part of the Brad Stevens coaching tree and uh, I thought Chicago State would lean on that uh, when they were going to make this decision. But instead, they went to the Quinn Snyder coaching tree um, and hired Lance Irvin. Mm-hmm. Lance Irvin was an assistant coach for Quinn Snyder back in his Missouri days, um, back when he was, uh, you know, roaring around like a tiger uh, and people were trying to calm him down. Um, you know, so it, it's very upsetting to me that Quinn Snyder wins this one again. Um, he just can't be stopped, honestly, at this point. So Lance Irvin gets the job over you. That upsets me. Uh, the fact that Quinn Snyder was involved really upsets me. Yeah. And then when I saw that the women's job was still open, I was thinking to myself, maybe there, there's a little caveat here where maybe they just give Titus the women's team and then, you know, you go after Gino, you know, you're basically the new face of women's basketball. Um, but unfortunately, they hired someone to be their women's basketball coach on the same day as well. So uh, it, it's very upsetting, uh, so, but I think we can take over Chicago one day in the future. I will congratulate Lance Irvin on, uh, he, he, from my understanding, he paid Chicago State, he gave them money to allow him to coach. Um and the only reason I say that is because that that has to be what happened. Because again, I I said I would take the job for free. I would take no salary. So I'm just assuming the only way that he got the job was he said I will actually pay you twenty five thousand dollars if you let me coach this program. So um, really generous thing for him to do that. Uh, because I certainly, I mean, like, there's no way they're they're paying him a salary. Like they would hire him. You know that that can't be that can't be. It. No, that's um, not true. There's no way that's happening. Anyway, I've had a I've had a week to calm down. I I. Listen, did I fire? Did I send a regrettable tweet when I saw the news in, in, in all caps saying Chicago State will never win a national championship? Yes. Yes, I did. Do I regret it? No. Was it regrettable? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Do I wish I would have done some things differently? Possibly. Do I take full responsibility, though? Yes. Of course. Am I asking myself questions in a nonsensical way to make it seem like I'm making a profound point? Also, yes, Tate. Do I have any idea where I'm going with this? No. Am I going to stop talking now? Yes. Now you so can you ask go. questions. Now, now, now you can ask questions. That's how you have to do it. You leave, you leave it to the media to now ask questions. And then they say to themselves, wow, he's already asked all the questions yeah. I could have asked. We will not rest until this problem is solved. There will be no questions. Are there any questions? So, <laughs> so I guess we're moving on. Oh, yeah. Chicago State heard, heard me just go do that. They're like, God damn, that's a, that's a great coach right there. He, he already knows what he's doing. <laughs> he is the press. Uh, he's pressing himself. Let's let's get to the real news in college basketball this past week. Other news that broke, uh, right? Pretty much right after we, or maybe it was the day after we did a pod. Um, we, we have a knack for timing with when we do this podcast that everything seems to happen right as soon as we get done recording. And God forbid, God forbid, we get the microphones back out <laughs> and record again. That that sure shit ain't happening in the no, new season. Not up um, in here. But the big news was that uh, the NCAA has now saved college basketball yet again. Uh, Condoleezza Rice saved college <laughs> basketball like three weeks ago, and then now it's been saved again. Um, all all the bad stuff everyone heard about this past year, all the FBI stuff, uh, 
great news, guys. You don't have to worry about that because mm-hmm. the NCAA has saved the day by implementing rules that uh, are that kind of make no sense and ultimately mean nothing, but just look kind of cool in a headline. That's pretty much it. And let's let, let's just talk about what those headline rules are. So it's basically what we got now is that undrafted players can now return to school. Um, which sounds great, right? I mean, this is the 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 Bryant Crawfords of the world. If you're a Wake Forest fan, you know someone like that that played so well for you doesn't get drafted. He could come back to school. Um, it sounds great because you know all, all these programs are just holding on to these scholarships, just waiting for these guys to come back and you know just keep them. They're not giving them away to other players to fill out their roster. You know, uh, the agent certification uh, for a, a elite prospects. So now we get into the world where um, if you are a quote unquote elite prospect, you can now have an agent. Um, you, you're not going to get any money. The agent will get the money, but you now will have an agent to take care of the money that you probably should have gotten, but now you won't get. Um, So that's all nice. Um, And then the main thing, right, is that none of these rules actually matter because they have to get approved by the Players Association and the NBA and USA Basketball, right? It's all nominal. So the N and NCAA stands for nominal. It's in name only. You make up these new rules. You say these are the new rules, and then turns out they won't be implemented till 2023 or 2024 or, or never, possibly. I think it's fun. The, the the funniest thing to me about all this is that um, it it doesn't matter at this point what the NCAA does. What they it honestly it, it doesn't matter what they say. They they could they could they could come out and just say like, listen, we changed our mind. We're going to pay players stone cold cash, and we're basically just going to have the system that everybody wants. And no matter what, every single time the NCAA makes a decision, the public just laughs at them because. <laughs> And, and the point I guess I'm trying to make is I don't think there's an organization that I am aware of that is more disrespected by the general public than the NCAA. There's not like a single, even the people that like love the amateur model, like the the old school people in the Midwest that are like, that jerk off to Bob Knight and like n- never pay players anything. They already get scholarships. Like even those people think the NCAA has no idea what it's doing and has no way of, of uh, administering this stuff and policing this stuff. And that to me is hysterical. And and this this like proves it's like the news comes out and you see these headlines and then says like, oh we're gonna do it. We're gonna win. We're gonna win the public over. We're gonna be a little more relaxed. We're gonna be the cool guys in town. Like we, we used to be the disciplinarian parents, but now we're gonna be the parents that come down with a six pack at the high school party. And we're like, hey guys, we got the six pack. What's up guys? And instead of being invited to the party, just everyone's like, you guys are lame. Get out of here. We still don't want you. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Uh, they can't win. They, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to say that I feel bad for them, Tate. I just like it's. It's just funny because to me, like five years ago, even I, I think this is really a byproduct of like all these scandals happening and the NCAA just like tripping over its own feet trying to enforce. Like basically, the Sandusky thing is probably the big breakthrough. Is like the Penn State has the big Sandusky scandal. Mm-hmm. Everyone identifies that this is just the most heinous thing that they can think of that's ever happened on a college campus with a college athletic program. The NCAA drops the hammer on Penn State. They're like, screw you. Like People wanted the death penalty. The NCAA can't really do that because they kind of ruined SMU football forever. So they're like, we're going to do the next best thing. Take them off TV. Ban all these scholarships. Like Do all this stuff. And then it gets taken to court. Like All these appeals happen. And basically, come to find out the NCAA has no power. And then the headline is like, Penn State actually not really punished that much for Sandusky. And at that point, I feel like everyone was just like, all right, the NCAA is just a shadow organization that has no idea what the hell it's doing. And that's that. 
Am, am I wrong on this? No, and that's and that's where we continue to be. And I think that's why the NCAA keeps making up these little, you know, new rules and these little leeways and these different committees and all this sort of stuff to try to show that they do have the right and the power to have say over these things. But at the end of the day, when you look at this, it's like they have no judicial power. They have, or they really just have no power, right. but they continue just to make up these things. And then they have to get approved by other entities that do have the actual power, like the NBA or, you know, USA Basketball or whatever it is. And now they're putting the onus on these people to now make these decisions. And they're saying, leave us alone. Like, we don't want to deal with your headache. Like, that's your headache. Why, why are you putting it on us now? And I think that's only, that's probably the most genius thing that they did with this new rule, quote yeah. unquote, that they're trying to put in is that USA Basketball now, they've been tasked with the idea that they have to identify the quote unquote elite high school prospects uh, because now, because now they can have agents their senior year of high school for eight. So, so an 18 year old can have an agent. Um, that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a good way to to fix this problem, right? Um, that, yeah, there's nothing, it, nothing it's corrupt so will happen with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand. Right, it, and now USA Basketball has to like all these coaches that are involved, and and all these people now have to like do a whole separate job of now trying to be like, okay, this kid over here that's 16 years old, he's elite. You know how how can you do that? I mean, it's just so subjective, and it it may sound good in paper, and it may sound good as a headline, it may sound good like as a way to change things, but in reality. It's just a colossal headache for everybody. They got PFT commenter on the committee of determining who's elite. <laughs> That's what it's become. Is the is Joe Facco elite debate is now going to be? We'll, we'll, is, call, is, we'll, we'll call it the is Tommy rule. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, it's the flagger rule. Is is seventeen year old Tommy Thompson out of? <laughs> East Trenton, New Jersey. Is he elite, folks? Uh, let's let's discuss. <laughs> and and the people that are going to be That's determining gonna... that is like Jeff Van Gundy, you know, like people that yeah, are right. Run, <laughs> right. people that are like running these USA camps who could care less. Dude, we got to get Simmons. We should get Simmons on this committee somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like try like if they have like a media branch, get sit like I, I want to spin the phase. I want to get people that have have just. just blatantly are not watching any of this shit like because that's what's going to happen already is is all the people that are making these decisions are not actually going to be following the recruiting stuff i, I just have this feeling i'm not i'm not reporting anything i'm just saying like like you said it's going to be jeff van gundy as he's calling nba games he's he's going to then now be asked <laughs> is this guy in des moines iowa is he do you think he's elite and jeff will be like yeah sure why not i don't know i he's gonna like google him like right as he's being asked the question and then say like yeah he looks pretty elite to me i don't know so I, I, I want to spit in the face of that and get just like people that will just unapologetically not watch any of these high school kids and yet make decisions on them because that would be funny to me. Oh, you know. you mean like um, you mean like Condoleezza Rice? Yeah. Oh, ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Huh. Uh, let's go through the rules though. Let's go through the rules so the people that uh, that have no idea what we're talking about know what we're talking about actually. Um, the NCAA, and I'm going in order of what I found on the actual NCAA website when they were listing out the rules. And I don't know if they prioritized whatever they list first. I, I don't know if that's how they did it, if they did it in some order. But um, so, so read into this however you want. But just know that I'm going in order of how it was posted on the NCAA.org. Uh, yeah, of can, all of these new changes. Just to, read the headline. This is how it starts. This is the headline: flexibility for going pro and getting a degree. That's that's how that's what this plan yeah. is. <laughs> Still getting a degree. That's getting a degree. Still getting a degree is the most important. And getting important a degree. Stuff. It's, it's, it's it flexibility for going pro and then in parentheses or going pro in something other than sports. <laughs> that's the right answer. Um, all right. So, 
so we're so again we're just going to go in order of how they listed them um and and read into that however you want if you think they put more priority on the first one that's your call i'm not necessarily saying that we're just going to go in order uh the very first one tate is that players high school players can now get basically 15 official visits instead of five used to be and and the designation there for those who don't know is an official visit is where the university pays for basically every expense for you to visit the university and they give you they take you on a big tour and all that stuff whereas an unofficial visit is you can pay your own way um i took when i was in high school i took very i took a ton of unofficial visits <laughs> i was the unofficial visit king um <laughs> coaches like hey you should come in for a visit and i was like yeah uh you're going to book my flight for me and they're like no i'm not going to do that but you should totally come in for a visit <laughs> You just show like, up. Oh yeah, sounds cool. Hey coach, how's it going? Sounds Yeah, thanks coach. Appreciate it. Um so anyway, uh players used to be able to only get 5 official visits. They now get 15 official visits and the it, basically what this means is that Tate this this new trend of guys going on Twitter, uh, I think I think the guy who makes these photoshops is like Tipton Edits is what I always see is like the handle on these things. Mm-hmm. Um where these these kids who are like 17 years old will tweet out a picture and they'll be like, I cut my list to the final nine. And and then like the, the fan bases of those nine schools are like in the comments, like getting excited, like, re, you know, replying to them on Twitter, getting very excited. And I'm sitting there laughing my ass off at the idea of like a guy cutting his list to nine schools, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, we are now going to get the list of 15 schools. I'm so excited for this. I'm excited for like some kid feeling like he's made like a major decision in his life by cutting his college choices down to 15 schools. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. I, I don't, I don't really know what else. The, the only other like implication is that like, basically the kids are just going to mooch or are just going to get free vacations off of these colleges, which is awesome. Like expect to see more official visits to Pepperdine and Hawaii <laughs> and places like that. <laughs> yeah. People are just taking trips at this point. And, and that rule is, actually effective tomorrow officially right i think like it becomes actually official oh, tomorrow really? yeah like the the visits now start tomorrow oh, yeah it is that, official tomorrow yeah that doesn't have to get approved by any of these other entities like that is actually a thing that can happen and now schools can pay for 28 official visits for recruits which is wild over a two year period that's crazy that's crazy so that's that, that's that seems, that. That seems um, like too many visits that's like you're at school at this point like at this point at this point, like, why are, why are we even having a limit on it? Just make it unlimited. Yeah, you know, like, it, it almost it, that's the way. You, that's a that's a good PR move. Is just make it unlimited, and then like the idiots that don't actually follow college sports. If you put a headline out that's like, players can now take unlimited official visits, that's like great PR for you. People that don't follow it would be like, oh my god, this is this is revolutionary, isn't it? This is incredible that the NCAA is doing this. When really, there's not going to be much. I mean, like, I. I I can't really think that anybody's really going. I mean, how many players are really going to take fifteen official visits? That's insanity. Who even has fifteen free weekends in the summer? That's Shab- incredible. Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> That's the only guy. Uh, the next, the next bullet point, um, as we've already mentioned, is that agents can now represent high school students, which is just like the most baffling thing I've ever heard of in my life. That. <laughs> the way to clean up basically the NCAA goes into this saying <laughs> we need to get agents and shoe companies out of high school basketball like yeah. that's that's the crux of all the problems that we have it all starts there and our solution is more agents in college basketball <laughs> or more agents in high school basketball yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. high school basketball we don't want the agents talking to Nike about these high school players we want them talking to the high school players directly <laughs> and then going to represent them to Nike okay all right, dude. It's that may work. It's absolutely like I don't. I don't understand. It. Like, like the 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 caveat is that they're trying to. Uh, 
the, the caveat was this. First of all, I don't know if you saw this in, in italics at the end of the bullet point. It says the effective date will be decided if slash when the NBA and the MBPA permit high school students to enter the draft. So basically, this policy does not take effect until the one and done the is NBA done. gets rid of the one and done rule. Yeah. So again, back to what you, we were saying at the beginning, is this actually a policy? Does this, no. The, what, it's, I don't understand it. I, it do, I don't get it. It's the greatest. It's the greatest sign of lip service you've seen. And I think when they actually put that out there, they knew that that was the case. But like you said, it's a headline game. They just want people to see that the NCAA is trying to make changes, and that's that's the best that's the best that they can do as far as the way to manipulate the narrative about what they are up to. And I told you this. I mean, th- someone sent me an NPR uh, ad, like they they bought ad space on NPR where all the smart people listen to podcasts, and you know it's very monotone voice. I'm I'm going to give it to Kyle to play uh, th- this actual ad, but I mean it comes on and it's like the NCAA is trying to be better. The NCAA wants you to know that they, they care about student athletes and blah blah blah. And they talk about all these new changes that they're making, even though you know th- basically most of them have to get approved by someone else, and it's not even factual that it's happening. But it all sounds good, you know. And as long as it sounds good, the NCAA is happy, and right. most of the people that are Dude, on the witch like- hunt are, are done with it because they're like, oh, they are doing. Something. Support for NPR and the following message come from the NCAA. The NCAA is making changes to college basketball. These changes will promote integrity in the game, strengthen accountability, and prioritize the interests of student-athletes. Visit NCAA.org slash commitment to learn more. The the NCAA is like, here, here's a deep cut for you. Here's a, here's a great reference. Here's going to be the sickest reference ever made on this podcast. Um, <laughs> The NCAA is like the dad in Angels in the Outfield who yeah. told his son, like, we'll be a family when the Angels win the pennant. We'll be a family again. Knowing full well the Angels were never going to win the pennant. And then the Angels win the pennant. And then then then, then it moves on. But that's the NCAA. It's like, they're like, yeah, we'll totally, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you everything you guys want when the NBA, uh, you know, all, all, all that has to happen is the NBA has to, to do this and also... This has to happen, and then and then they start laughing, and then they high five each other because they know this shit's never gonna happen. And and I don't know, maybe that's not the best reference date. No, that's what came to mind. No, that's the exact reference. And you know what, I'm saying. You know what the worst that's thing a that great, ha- great reference. I would say I would, t- I would tell you the worst thing that ever happened to me. Angels in the Outfield is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Danny Glover, obviously, but I came out to Los Angeles, went to an Angels game. And I was asking people about that movie, thinking that they would just say, like, that's, you know, I love that movie so much. It, it was it meant so much to me. And they're like, no, nah, that's all Disney propaganda. They had just bought the team, so they wanted people to like the Angels. They did the same thing with the Ducks. I was like, what the? With the Mighty Ducks, yeah. yeah. with the Mighty Ducks. I'm like, wow, you just literally just ruined my childhood. But I, I appreciate it, yeah. I guess. Thanks. You, you, you thought it was going to be like Hoosiers is to people from Indiana? Yeah, People were yeah, just getting upset no, about it. They're the like, case. "Yeah, I hate that movie." I was like, "Oh man, I love uh, that movie." So yeah, the 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 agents going into high schools, they uh, the agents have to, um, it's the, the NBA has to get rid of the one and done rule, and then also again, as we said earlier, the the players have to be designated to be elite players. Which so basically, we're talking like twenty players in any given. I don't know. It, it, is it, that again? It, do you, none of this matters. Do you think that's every five star? That's what I was trying to figure out. I mean, what, what is the distinction between an elite player? Is there, if you are a five star recruit, does that mean you're elite? I mean, there's probably like twenty to twenty five five stars every single year. So is that the group that is elite? But then you have some of these guys that are four stars that make that climb late, like a Colin Sexton. I think he's an elite prospect, you know, and and it would have been too late yeah. in his recruitment for him to be designated an elite prospect. And maybe I so, think you have to. Yeah, go, I, th- I don't know. 
I think you Google the guy's name, and um, if you can find more than five articles invoking LeBron James or Michael Jordan and and the discussions about this player, I think at that point he's elite. That's my criteria. So Mac, like, Mac McClung is elite. Mac McClung is definitely elite, hundred percent elite. <laughs> he's a three yes. star. He's a three star prospect, but he's an elite prospect. Have you seen? If you can find more than five people. Have you seen his dunking videos? Like, yeah. <laughs> If you can find YouTube highlights that are like the next LeBron question mark, if you can find more than one video like that, then the guy's elite. He's okay. 100% elite. He's That's, fair. That's um, fair. M- moving on, uh, also with agents, we, we now have this designation of of agents can be hired by college basketball players, which sound, you're, you're scratching your head. You're like, how is that possible? What's going on here? What what does this even mean? Which, by, oh, wait, by the way, going, going back to the high school thing, like when the NBA gets rid of the one-and-done rule, these high school kids that are elite that are high, signing agents are going are not going to play college basketball. So like, who gives a shit about what the NCAA says? Like, how do they have any jurisdiction in like a high school player jumping from high school to the NBA? Tate, exactly. I don't understand. They're like, they're passing. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it's nominal. I just now thought about that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, they're just acting like they have a say in it. It's just like you know, uh, you know, the South Park when they have all the the different agencies like the CIA and everyone that's coming in. It's like not anymore. You're not. Who's in charge here? Not anymore. You're not. <laughs> that's literally the NCAA. You know? <laughs> it, it just keep like jumping. It's like not anymore. You're not. It's like no. How yeah. how are they in charge? <laughs> how do they have a say in this? Yeah. I just I thought about it. that. That's that's absurd. Uh, anyway, so going on to the college day. So college, the headline reads, uh, agent representation for college students and college basketball players can be represented by an agent beginning after any basketball season if they request an evaluation from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee. Um, Which sounds made up. Basically what this says is, if, if you don't really think about it, you think college basketball players can hire agents. That seems, wow, that actually does seem revolutionary, Tate. That's incredible. They can hire agents? That's that's insane. That seems awesome. <laughs> and then you move on and you see this other bullet point that says agents have to agents have to like basically be fired before the guy returns to college. So like you basically hire the agent for the summer to try to get into the pros and then if you want to come back to college you fire him. But you also in that time could not have taken any money from the agent, but he could have like paid for a meal. And and and, and I say all this to say like what what agent is getting involved in? Like, if I'm an agent, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. No. It's like, listen, do you want to go pro or not? If you want to go pro, I'm your agent. If not, like, I'm not I'm not getting I'm not getting approved by some like bullshit sham board, and then like getting fired two months later because you decide that you're a, a fringe second round pick and you want to go back to school. Like, no, screw all that. I'm not I'm not doing that. And I don't understand, like, what is that contract? You know, like, the, what what do they draw up? And how are they getting comp? Like, what is the angle for the agent? What is the incentive for an agent to even want to wade in these waters? That's what I'm saying. It makes how, no sense. And, and how does the NCAA... This is another case of, like, how does the NCAA have legal jurisdiction in this? Like, like what contract... It's it's like a sham of a contract. You Like, you, <laughs> you, you write it up just to appease the NCAA, but, like, it's not enforceable, is it? No. I mean... Maybe it's, it's my understanding. Like the NCAA, the NCAA is not a real thing. Basically, is what we're learning. <laughs> and and they've even basically said that by putting it out there that they they're not going to be the ones investigating all these. Ca- you know, they were like, we don't have the capacity to do NCAA investigations. We're going to rely on other entities to do those things. So they've already put it out there. I mean, they already botched. I mean, think about all the different investigations over the past. You know. 10 years that you've seen that have just been completely botched. Like the Nevin, the Shapiro thing at Miami, 
that that had all the pieces mm-hmm. that were out there, and you were like, oh, they're finally going to get somebody. And it's like, no, they botched the entire investigation, so no, nothing will happen. We have the FBI thing going on the, right now. It's like they, they're how not about the Sean Miller thing. Sha- yeah, Sean Miller, dude. Yeah. There's a there's a wiretap of Sean Miller. We have a wiretap. ESPN has it in hand. There's a wiretap of Sean Miller saying, "I will pay a hundred thousand dollars for DeAndre Aiden," and for some reason. No one seems to want to find that wiretap. It's so weird. Like ESPN has it. Mark Schleybach has it. Just someone needs to call him and be like, can I listen to that wiretap? And they just won't do it. I don't understand it. It's very confusing. It's all very confusing. Tate. Share it. Share um, it. But the, the the other thing, uh, so agents have to get certified. Agents have to go through this like process where they get certified by the thing. And, and that got me thinking, Tate. You know, a couple shows ago, I was talking about getting certified to be a barbecue judge. Mm, mm. So dare I ask the question, should you and I become certified agents? Yes. Is this is this something in our future? How do we get certified for this? Where we can just like, I don't know. That w- that would be incredible. If like if we could have been Duncan Robinson's agent after he left Michigan this summer, are you kidding me? Think about the content, Tate. That would that would be that would be great for at least one show, maybe and, two shows. We could squeeze content out of that. And you <laughs> and, you, and you talk about the propaganda that we could create for our players. You know what I mean? We just talk about them on the air. It's oh, like yeah. it's like Ty Jerome. Oh Ty Jerome. We just That's, talk about him the whole time because we represent him. You know how what how great he's looked in his workouts and all this sort of stuff. And also it says make we, no mistake we have until August first, twenty twenty two, get certified. We have plenty of time. Absolutely, dude. Make no mistake, this whole podcast is a propaganda machine. We just don't know. We just haven't plugged in what we're spitting out propaganda for quite yet. Like we're we're still figuring that out. We're just building the machine right now, and then we're gonna plug in stuff we're, later. We're like the what, NCAA in like 1985. You know, like we're we're trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out what we want to do, but we're we're making we're we're hopefully gonna start making some cash soon, and then we you know we're gonna get some TV deals, <laughs> and then we'll we'll build from there. You know, we're about 30 years away. Any day now, it's going to happen. Uh, last couple of bullet points, and, and they put these at the bottom, which is weird because, as you said, this was the headline of the whole thing, which is flexibility about going pro and getting a degree. And then these were the last bullet points. Uh, combine invitees who don't get drafted can basically return to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they package that as like, if you go undrafted in the NBA draft and you declare for the NBA draft, you can return to school, which sounds awesome. And I think like a lot of people want that for obvious reasons of like, some of these kids get terrible advice from their uncles and their uncles are like, dude, you're going to be a lottery pick and they believe them. And then they don't go undrafted and their lives are kind of maybe not ruined, but like not as good as they could be. If like, if you, if you kept the door open for them to come back to school, it would greatly help their lives, you know? And so everyone's like, Oh yeah, that'll be awesome. And then you read the fine print and it's, you have to be invited to the combine basically. And, yeah. and that, that, so any given year, that's like seven players maybe. And those seven players Probably don't want to come back to school anyway. They just like they're like, fine, okay, I didn't get drafted. I'm still gonna make like two hundred grand in Europe or something. That's awesome. That's fine by me. I'd yeah. still rather do that. So um that's kind of a sham thing. Although if that rule is in place state for this year, uh Alonzo Trier and Raleigh Hawkins could have come back to Arizona and then they could have declared for the draft yet again. That would have been awesome. I could have got like them declared for the draft for like the thirtieth time. <laughs> yeah, and then like even like Billy Preston could have maybe gone back to Kansas if he never went. You know, and, like he would have been fine to just kind of sit out and wait and you know stay to Kansas. And then like a guy like Malik Newman who didn't get drafted could have come back. Or I don't know. There there was just so yeah. many guys that. What couldn't Jay Sean Tate have come back to Ohio State? No, he was a senior. Oh, he was a senior. He was a senior. That's right. That's right. And Kata could have. Kata could have come. Kata could have come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got drafted. Forty yeah. third. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but you start thinking about like all these guys. I mean, even I brought up Brian Crawford from Wake Forest and Darrell Moore from Wake Forest. I mean, if you if you're Danny Manning and you get those two guys back, you have a contender in the ACC. 
And now the guy, know, yeah, they're just gone. The guy who could have come back for Ohio State, and again, this is like I'm venturing into you guys talk about Ohio State, North Carolina, too much territory, and people are going to roll their eyes, but whatever. Uh, is uh, LaQuint Ross, who's like the forgotten. LaQuint Ross is, it, I, I really like him. Good guy. <laughs> Just good guy. Um, he, uh, he's like the forgotten guy in the, in the downfall of Thad Mata, where he declared for the draft early and left, and it, it like completely blindsided Thad and kind of screwed up everything. And if he would have come back, he would have been a star. And he was like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to go to the NBA. And Dad was like, the NBA doesn't want you, LeQuinton. He's like, no, they want me. <laughs> and then he didn't get drafted. And that would have been awesome to have him back. That was that was the one guy I can think of. But um, anyway, the last, the last thing, Tate, players who stay at least two years can come back and finish their degrees for free, which I feel like most college programs already do this, right? Mm. Most of the, yeah, most of the them major have ones already do this. But yeah. now like the NCAA is like mandating that – they're going to have some sort of fun set aside for like every school now, which is good. That's a good thing. That's like the one good thing I think that comes out of this, but that, it, that is just universally, this is a great thing. But that that's the classic NCAA blanket statement where it's like, that sounds really good at face value, but I can promise you with individual cases with some of these things, like if, if a guy was at Ole Miss for, uh, you know, he enrolled in the spring, he was technically there for two years, but it wasn't actually two years of academia and now he's not going to be able to get those. You know what I mean? There, there's so many different little things that will happen that will. Yeah, they're going to find I, a way to yeah, loophole it. And exactly. Not, like, and not pay out. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like we know that because that's what's always happened with everything. I mean, we've seen it with the transfer stuff with, you know, uh, who was your guy from Ohio State that transferred to NC State last year? I'm, I'm blinking right now. Uh, but but like that uh, Braxton, Braxton Beverly. Beverly yeah yeah like that whole thing yeah. that that drew out forever and, and we've had all these different situations where everything is individualized and then they they make these little blanket statements that come out they become headlines everyone freaks out because this sounds so much better and they're making these changes but you have to look at individual cases that happen and see if it actually you know pans out the way that they say it will because a lot of it a lot of the times it does not at all. And they sort of just act <laughs> how they want to act. And then, you know, then when right. people push back, then they will change how they act. But at the same time, they're going to do as little as possible. And that's that's what they're known for. I've, I've given it more thought. I said it on the podcast. I forget how long it's been since I last since I first said it, maybe a couple months at this point. And I've given it more thought. Um, I, I, I have yet to understand why players even have eligibility windows and why they can't just be eligible if they're pursuing a degree. I've yet to have someone explain to me why that's a bad idea. That like, especially if, 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 especially if you're a student continuing athlete. His education. Yeah, yeah. If a player is continuing his education, why does he only get four years? Just let him play forever. Who cares? Because like again, you're, the first thing that comes to mind is like, well, then what's to stop Anthony Davis from being at Kentucky for twelve years? That's not fair. And the answer is, Anthony Davis wants to leave Kentucky and make money. <laughs> so like the, the, the really good players that are gonna like swing the competitive balance by staying at their schools forever. If they're that good, they're going to be like, screw this. I want to make some money playing basketball. I don't want to be in school forever. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't understand it, Tate. It doesn't make any sense. Like you should be, I, I said it, I said it half jokingly and now I'm starting to get serious about this. Like this is, I'm going to start like wielding my power as, as a, a former coach. You, you just think about <laughs> I'm this. I'm going to start wielding my power and try to get this done. Like I don't understand why there's a, there's a deadline on how much eligibility you get. Jimmer, Jimmer would have never left BYU if that were the case, you know? Oh, like, no. We, we'd, have, we'd have well, he, year 15 of Jimmer. No, he, he would have wanted to have sex at some point, so he would have <laughs> he would have probably been like... I'm, that would have I'm been year, seven, year 17. Over. He would have left for that. Yeah. 
because no one he would have no one at BYU has ever had sex <laughs> other than Brandon Davies. Other than Brandon Davies, he's the one guy. He's the first that he invented having sex on BYU's campus. It never happened before or after him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's it. Those are the those are pretty much the rules. Uh, as as Coach K said, uh, the, these these new rules are well intentioned but not coordinated. Which uh, you know, if 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 I may, I having seen having seen Kyle, um. Just that that's kind of like sums up Kyle's existence, does it not? Well intentioned but uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. 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 Something like that. What do you think, Kyle? Is that a good joke? <laughs> Kyle, is that a good joke? I hope I can Kyle, figure out how to put joke. the pot like up. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's more it's more lacking a plan of execution. That, I think that was what Coach K said. There, there's a lack uh, of a plan, and that's pretty much the NCAA in a nutshell. It all sounds good, but there's actually no real plan uh, with how everything's going to go. And, and Coach Cal, too. I mean, he came out, and he was on ESPN, and I, I don't know if you saw this. So when he first got down to the Bahamas, they, they have like the perfect, you know, Coach Cal with the SEC network. He's got the SEC network mic and they bring him into Sports Center. And the first thing he says is, again, you won't believe this, but we've got a new team, um, which is his first line. And, you know, and everyone kind of yucks it up and laughs, uh, of course. And then and then they throw up the graphic with his like, you know, class rankings and it's Duke with five commits, Kentucky five commits. And they're right, you know, neck and neck. And he was probably upset that Duke was ahead of him. Uh, but regardless, he has this whole thing. And then they, they ask him about the rule changes because this is the, you know, the big story was, you know, obviously what's going on here. And then he actually gave a nice little tidbit because Jim Tooley, the CEO of USA Basketball, was down in the Bahamas uh, with the Kentucky team, which, you know, people can say uh, whatever they think about that. But he said, Jim Tooley said uh, he was very upset because he said that they didn't want, USA Basketball doesn't want to have the final say in who gets an agent and who doesn't. Uh, and that they just want to do, you know, what they've been doing, which is just like fun summer basketball stuff and helping players get better. And uh, and they want to collaborate with the NCAA and the NBA and whatever. And and Cal was basically saying like everything that you're talking about right now doesn't matter until 2022. So stop asking me the question. So he was he he basically avoided right. the question in the perfect way, which is like what we're saying right now. Which it's is like this is all talk. This is not you real. Think, <laughs> you think I'm still going to be coaching at Kentucky by the time this shit goes into effect? I mean, come on. He's like, <laughs> with the one and done is I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. I'm it's the over. one, I'm and I'll be up. done when that rule is out. You know that. Dude, he yeah, like his his whole strategy is to pump out the one and dones and just spray his seed all over the NBA and then let the seeds grow. And then when it's ready to jump ship, he's just gonna go to the team that has the best seeds. That's pretty much it. Like yes. He, like like he, he was going to coach the Pelicans last year, <laughs> for example. Like if he would have made this decision last year, he would have been like, Oh, I wanna coach Boogie and Anthony Davis and just mm. jump to them. Mm. That's what he's waiting on. Is he's just like throwing as many players into the league as possible and then he's hoping they all do the super team thing and gang up, and then uh, they they revolt and and stage a coup and get their coach fired, and then he jumps and coaches them. That's what's gonna happen. And that's, then he, that's the, that's always been the end game. And then, and then he, he's gonna coach for like three years, make the finals like once, and then be like, eh, this is good enough, and then retire, and that be that, and then go on TV and and laugh all the time and high five people and be like the most jovial guy in the world that everybody loves. Yes. Yeah. Boom! I just laid out the rest of Cal's life. You're welcome, America. I think he's. I think he's going to the Lakers, and he's going to say LeBron always told him he wanted to play at Kentucky. He's gonna. He's gonna do what Coach K did. He's gonna take the Lakers job, and yeah. then some kid who's like in fourth grade is gonna write him a letter and be like, "Don't do it, Coach. We love you." And then he's. Gonna, and then he's going to go on ESPN and be like, "I came back to Kentucky because this kid wrote me a letter and said, don't do it.' Yeah, not, be- not, it. not because Duke <laughs> offered me ten million dollars a year." 
Is, isn't that the story? Isn't that what happened? Do I remember that right? Was it like 2004 when Kay took the Lakers job? Yeah. The, the story was that Kay took the Lakers job and then, and then he pretended like some kid wrote him a letter that was like, Duke basketball means a lot to me, coach. Don't do it. Yeah. And, and then he, he was like touched by this kid's letter. And he also, and he also said that uh, he was the first, the first choice uh, and everyone was like, you know, reaching out to him first. And then it came out like from the bus family and cup check that they had reached out to a lot of people before coach K. Uh, and he was very upset about that because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted he wanted to put it out there that he was their top choice. He was like, "You better shut up." So yeah, that that's um, that's that's definitely going to happen for Coach Cal. We hope. I want to talk more about Kentucky and Duke after the break because it's this is one shining podcast, and that's what we do better than anything else is we talk about Kentucky and Duke. Uh, we will do that after the break, but uh, we we are we need to take a break, and we are going to come back. We're going to talk to this guy who claims to be the John Rothstein of Canadian University basketball, and um, that's really all you need to know about him. We're going to talk to him about Carleton and just what is Carleton? What is Canada? Are, are we sure Canada is good? Mm-hmm. That's a question I'm going to have for mm-hmm. him. So uh, we're, let's take a break. We'll come back. Quick break to get a word from Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com shining today. Enter gift code SHINING to save $20 on your first shirt. See, I'm not sure if you're aware, but audiobooks are a great sidekick for summer activities like hiking, running, road tripping, enjoying mm. downtime outdoors. What else could you do? What else could you do in, in the summertime? Playing video games, just laying inside, playing video games. Play basketball. Um, play bat. Ooh, play basketball. Listen, listen to an audiobook while you play basketball. <laughs> Who doesn't do that? And with the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, Audible lets you fill your summer with great books such as, oh, I don't know, I... Uh, let me try to think of a book here just off the top of my head. I don't know, Tate. Uh, don't Put Me In Coach by Mark Titus. Oh, wow. Heard of it? Mm, yeah. It, it was on the New York Times extended bestseller list, uh, which like goes out to like 10, 000, the top 10,000 books in the world for <laughs> like two weeks. So that's how you know it's great. Um, check that one out. I actually didn't do the audiobook. Isn't that kind of a travesty? Yeah. I should do the yeah, you I should. Who did it? I should call my publisher. Yeah, you should re-record it right now. Call him now. I should have you. I should have you record it for me, and then, yeah, people will be very I don't, upset. I don't know why that? Yeah, it'd be it would confuse a lot of people to have you record it for me. Uh, but yeah, you can check out my book. Check out a lot of other. There are other books that have been written. I'm not really that interested in them, but uh, they do exist. So if you're into that, you can become an audio Audible member, where you will get a credit every month, good for any audiobook, regardless of the price. Unused credits roll over to the next month, and if you don't like your audiobook, you can exchange it, no questions asked. Plus, your books are yours to keep. That's a big thing with people. I like I like having printed books. I like to own them, Tate. Some mm. people are scared of the digital age. You get to keep your books with Audible. They're yours forever. Go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Better yet, you can switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free. Just go to audible.com slash shining or text shining to 500, 500 
That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash shining or text shining to 500-500. And then please buy my book. I have a family feed. Thank you. Nice. All right, Tay, we are back. We are uh, we have Jordan Henry on the line who, uh, you know, some people in the States, you're asking yourself, who is Jordan Henry? Let me explain to you who Jordan Henry is. He is a man who in his Twitter profile, it says the John Rothstein of Canadian University basketball. And I think I want to start there. Is this supposed to be a good thing? <laughs> is my question to you. Honestly, I think that's a great thing. Mostly, okay. uh, like, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody in this world who continues to be more on brand on their Twitter profile than John Rothstein. And that's all I'm trying to live up to. Absolutely true. Um, the reason we are having you on is because for those a lot of a lot of people listen to our podcast that don't really follow college basketball that closely they come to us for the news they want to know what's going on in the world of of college basketball and they just want to hear what Tate and I are talking about and we have mentioned a couple times that Ole Miss Cincinnati and now South Dakota State uh South Dakota State who has Mike Dom Mike who Dom. Uh, last year was Mike Dom last year was supposed to be Mike Dom we were talking about was like supposed to transfer to one of these big programs chose not to went back to South Dakota State uh, all three of these teams have gotten destroyed by a team called Carleton in Canada. And people in America see these headlines that Carleton is destroying these teams. And the first time it happened this year was to Cincinnati. And I think people laughed at Cincinnati. And then we start seeing these other scores come out. We see that South Dakota State lost by, I think it was 62. Um, and Tate and I were trying to tell people, I, I don't know, I know next to nothing about it. I just know that Carleton is good as shit. And that's pretty much it. So, can you explain, as the John Rothstein of Canadian college basketball, like what what is first of all, where is Carleton? Why is Carleton? How is Carleton? What what is going? Give us the Carleton, the brief Carleton story, and how this keeps happening that they're kicking the shit out of American teams. So, the one number that's really going to stand out and put it into perspective how good Carleton is: they've won thirteen of the last sixteen Canadian national championships. Okay, does that mean anything though? Put that in context, like. There, I don't know if you like, like, there's probably 10 of them where you can be like, oh, yeah, they just loaded up. But I would think the last, like, Canadian University basketball has really taken a spike in the last five or so years because it used to be if you were good, you just went south and that's where you got your opportunity to play. But this Carleton team, like, right away has four members of the rotation that will be part of the rotation this year that are straight returns from going to the NCAA and returning to Carleton. Uh, their biggest piece. Well, they have two large pieces, really. One of them is Eddie Akior, who was an ESPN top 100 recruit for a while. He was at Xavier, uh, had some off-court issues, and then returned to Carleton and absolutely dominated your boy, Mike Dom, in back-to-back games. He was the re- like, like, they played two games, beat South Dakota State twice. First game, Mike Dom shot three of 10 for eight points. Second game, he had, you know, he shot six of 12, 18 points, better line. But Eddie Akior shot 12 of 18 for 35 points and 10 rebounds in that game. So this guy, mm-hmm. like, obviously the ability to recruit bigger pieces to return from the state and having the higher profile coaches in Canada coaching at universities is huge. So Dave Smart is the head coach at Carleton University, and he is, he is the godfather of Canadian university basketball. I mean, there's, there's a large dynasty in the 70s and 80s at the University of Victoria which is on an island just off Vancouver. <laughs> but Dave Smart is the the kingpin, essentially on the same level as Coach K and Cal in Canada right now. Nice. 
So, uh, so, so when you look at Carlton, like the last couple of years, I mean, like this year, Pacifico State twice, Ole Miss, Cincinnati. Last year, they beat Providence, Vanderbilt twice, and Alabama. Year before, they beat Wichita State. Year before that, they beat Baylor. Year before that, they lost to Syracuse by beat Memphis twice. 2013, they lost to Syracuse in OT and beat a Wisconsin team with Nigel Hayes, Sam Decker, and Frank Kaminsky that went to the Final Four. I remember that one. That was that was the first time I remember like piquing my interest about Carlton's when they beat that Wisconsin team. I was like, hey, that that seems weird. How did that happen? Um, but they so the, the excuse that these teams are putting out, like the teams that are losing to Carlton, they're putting out these excuses that like Carlton has been playing all summer together and. Um, Explain that to us. Like, so is, does, does their season never end? Is that what I'm to understand? Like, they've been practicing also, or they're just not rules about this, like there are in the NCAA, so they can just – is that what's going on? Is that is there something to that? Yeah, and I mean, like, the whole idea of why these teams take the international trip to Canada is it's likely the cheapest international trip you can get. You're not really paying for a big flight or anything. If people take it, like you're going to see with Duke this week, plays Wednesday, Friday, Sunday in Canada. And with a large, when you have a team with a lot of freshmen or fruit, you want the international trip because then you can get more playing time with them together before you're actually in your season. But when you're seeing the excuses, you're not really seeing coaches come out commenting about the game. Like they're not saying, oh, you know, we didn't have these guys starting or jet lag was an issue or they're playing FIBA rules or your money looks different. I mean, the coaches <laughs> actually are coming out and saying that. These are actually, like, legitimate, you know, like, I mean, the one one was, uh, like, there's a couple comments, obviously, that, yeah, you know, we're just going to go up and try and play some games together and see what happens. But yeah. when you lose games, you lose games. Like, people Mike, rules, like, are a little different, but they're not that differently. Like, there isn't a reason that Mike Dom shouldn't be able to put up, you know, well, solid numbers against this team. He discovered, he discovered poutine and then was just... Mm. Yeah shoveling Putin in his mouth and then yeah and then that was yeah he was out of commission for two days Zion Williamson's been around Putin for almost 48 hours now and <laughs> he, hit a dunk from the free th- he hit a dunk from the free throw line this morning at their practice so we should say his foot was on the line we, we just saw the video. His foot was on the line, so it, does, it doesn't quite count. Um, can I ask you uh, Can I ask you about the Carlton offense? Is, is it literally just shooting threes? Because I saw against Mike Dom, they hit 15 three-pointers and shot 60% from the field. Is that just what they're known for, just a shooting team? Or is that just an aberration? I, see, that's just, like, I think what makes, like, a lot of teams will be like, they don't hit, they hit a lot of threes, but they don't take a lot of threes. Hmm. Like, they're a kind of team that, like, it's the second pass three-pointers, like the ones where you're like, oh, like, we just, if you're a Canadian university team, it's like, oh, we just hit a big triple, we're just in five now, and then Carlton comes down and it'll just hit a trailer on the wing that is a bit of a backbreaker. Their best skill is rebounding, and I think that's how they've been able to win mm. 13 of 16 national championships. Is they dominate the offensive glass, they dominate the defensive glass, they don't really give you second chances. So, so they run, the offense, like, they stay, but they're like they've got bodies that can get inside, and they've got guys who can hit shots from outside. And their bench, if you were to take like the five best players on Carlton's bench and turn them into Carlton two, they would still make the final four. Like their ability to recruit players is insane. Oh, so they're 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 2015 Kentucky. Is is their coach platooning the team as well, and uh, just being super arrogant about how we're so much better than everybody that I don't need to actually put any work into forming a strategy and I'm just going to roll guys out there and we're going to destroy everybody. 
Is he doing that? Like, uh... James Smart is always frustrated at you know embodying his guys to be better because they know they know they're great. Who who is this guy? Who's the coach? I mean, Dave Smart is like who who is this man? How did he become this guy? Like, I, what I, if Tate and I are sitting here right now? Like, I'm hearing you say all these things, and I, as soon as you hang up, I'm going to turn to Tate and say, "You and I should move to Canada and just dominate Canadian college basketball." But how it, it's it's obviously easier said than done. So how does this man do this? What are his credentials? How who why should we care about him? Why do why do people want to play for him? He started. I think he's been at Carlton since 1999. He's got odds to win. Like the 13 of 16 is a huge thing. But what you'll see now with a lot of big programs in Canadian university basketball is their accompaniment as well with the not just Canada basketball but the men's national team. Oh, okay. When Jay Triano took the Suns job this year and had to step away during the FIBA qualifying process, Ryerson University's head coach took the reins on the men's national team. Okay. That, that makes sense. So it's the Coach K move. So he, <laughs> yes. he really is Coach K and Cal rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. Roy Rana and Dave Smart are probably like the two highest profile coaches in Canada. Like Roy Rana's been with the, like the Nike Summit Series for – like he's coached that for a while now. Uh, was the head coach of the men's national team mm. for the past year, and him and Smart have both been assistants on that team for quite a few years now. Can Can I ask you about RJ Barrett uh, and his homecoming? Did, did you do Do we care about that in Canada? Are people excited about that? I mean, obviously, we had the Anthony Bennett 2013 number one pick. We had Andrew Wiggins 2014 number one pick. Everyone was very excited in Canada for those two guys. And now we have RJ Barrett. Everyone saying he's going to be the number one pick next year in 2019. Is everyone excited to have him back and bring him home, or is it sort of just like whatever with RJ? People, I mean, so they like a regular sized Canadian university gym can hold a thousand people. Uh, they're going to be playing at the Paramount Fine Food Center in Mississauga, which are words that I'm saying that aren't making sense to either of you. <laughs> no, Mississauga is where Nick Nick Stauskas is from. Nick, Nick Stauskas is from Mississauga. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Stauskas himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what they like? They've been able to sell out the Wednesday game against Ryerson, which has turned themselves into a fairly high-profile team in Canada. And the Friday game, they're within 100 tickets or so of selling out against the University of Toronto. And then Sunday, they head to Montreal, and they'll play Bill Simmons' favorite team, McGill. Mm. Oh, yeah, McGill. Is, is McGill – tell tell us that real quickly. How insane is the idea of McGill becoming a, a powerhouse in college basketball? So, How much should we laugh at Bill for picking McGill? <laughs> that's not even, it's not even that funny. Like, I'll say oh, McGill's won four – well, okay, McGill's won four of the last five conference championships at their conference, which, you know, would sound great in an American conference, but McGill's conference totals five teams. So, <laughs> I mean, uh. McGill's probably the best Quebec team, but there hasn't been a Quebec team that's won a national championship in a very long time. Mm. You, you, could, you could still laugh at it, but uh, McGill's head coach, Dave Diavro, would probably get on. Get on my ass for that one. Yeah, you got you got to choose your words carefully. Yeah, we're we're allowed to we're allowed to make fun of the Canadian teams because they can't do anything about it. But yeah, you, you're a little you're a little closer to it. You can't. Yeah, choose your words carefully. Uh, so la- last question I have for you. Uh, you, you, we keep talking about the Canadian national tournament and and who's won and Carlton's dominating it and all this stuff. Uh, one, uh, like how much does it matter 
to Canada, how much like obviously March Madness is a national phenomenon in America and college basketball basically owns the entire month of March. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's not quite that level, especially because it's going on during hockey season, I assume, uh, basketball. So uh, my question is, how much does it matter to Canada as a whole and the country, like who wins these national championships? And number two, do you think there could ever possibly be a day where Canadian teams could play an NCAA tournament? So how much does it matter? I think it's like when you watch Canadian university basketball during non-conference play, conference play, and all the way up to the playoffs, uh, their supplier of broadcast is E-level internet stream. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you you get to the national championship, it's picked up on cable on Sportsnet, who's one of the sports broadcasters in this country. So the fact that you can watch the national championship on the national championship and both national semifinals on national TV is kind of a big deal. And Halifax is host, like, there's a long thread of Halifax heritage with hosting the national championship, and they can comfortably sell 5,000 tickets. It's just a, it's just an 18 tournament for the national championship year. Oh, okay. But on your guys' but on your guys' idea of, on your last podcast of talking about Canada playing in a first four, the timing works out. It's like the the ninth to the eleventh of March is when they play the national championship, and then you could just hop on a flight from Halifax or Ottawa or whoever's hosting the national championship that year, that year, and then fly down to the first four so you can go from there. Ooh, that actually would work out, Tate. That's perfect because Halifax is on the east coast, and Dayton is Dayton, as we know, is on the east coast as well. Of in course, Ohio for the first four, that could actually work. So, but hold on. So, is Canada like? Do you have all the? Do you have all the archaic rules about paying players and stuff like the NCAA does? Because the NCAA would not let that happen. Like, if, if Canada's guys are like making money on the side or something, um, they're not. going But there's not even that much of a like scholarship rule around players. Like, you can get guys. It's mm. like like similar to the states, though. Like big programs sign with different athletic gear suppliers like <laughs> like Ryerson University is like the flagship Nike school like mm. when you watch if you watch the ESPN plus game of Duke Ryerson on Wednesday it's like Ryerson's going to be playing in all off-white sneakers because Phil Knight's Phil Knight's going to be sitting courtside yeah exactly um, no yeah. Mark Mark Bain is the, the Nike rep for Canada and he loves everything Ryerson as much as they can but and then I think I think Carlton's with Under Armour now hmm all right. Which obviously, makes sense for show on showcasing Cincinnati. Um, hey, you, you got, got anything else? else? No, I'm good. I I just uh, I'm excited to see Duke uh, play in this Nike Summit with uh, Ryerson with uh, with all their Nike gear. His name is Jordan Henry. Follow him on Twitter at j o r underscore Henry. Uh, he is, as I said, the John Rostein of Canadian college basketball. We appreciate you coming on, dude. We might have to have you on in the middle of the season just to check in, just to get a little pulse of Canada, and just be like. Hey Jordan, is Carlton still great? And you'll just be like, Yeah, they are. And I'll be like, Cool, thanks, man. And then hang up and that'll be it. Um Beautiful. Beautiful. We, we appreciate it. We will keep in touch. Uh good luck with everything you do. Please everyone go f- if you want to know what's going on with uh Canadian college basketball, this is your man. This is the John Rostein. And and as we said, that's a good thing in this instance. So please follow him. Thanks so much, Jordan. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, see ya. Cool. All right, Tate, there you have it. That's the Canadian report. Who would have He's, thought? Uh, who would have thought Canada? They they have the formula already down, just like uh, just like we have here with you know the the brands that come in dude, and sponsor the schools and yada yada and get the best players and yada yada. It's 
It's all the same. Neighbors to the north doing the let same thing. Be, let that be a case study that like no matter what you do, this is always the outcome with college sports. There's always going to be a Cal Coach K type that mm-hmm. just figures it out beats the system they they even have they even had a john wooden did you hear that i don't know if you caught that little nugget they got like the john wooden on the west coast in the 70s that was rattling off national titles it's incredible it's like the exact same thing going on um yeah and by the way if you're asking how this came about george so this dude reaches out to me on twitter he's like hey uh i can be your canadian correspondent i can explain all this stuff and i was like sure let's let's have him on so let this be a lesson to all you people out there to to shoot your shot. Don't don't shoot your shot at us though necessarily. I don't you know, I don't don't take this the wrong way. Do not tweet at us and say like, hey, can I come on the pod? Mm-hmm. But just uh maybe do it to other people. Because you never know what'll happen. And also, by the way, I don't know how legit he actually is. Maybe the guy he, he did say he did say ooh and and sooth sooth of down some of the some of the players on Carlton came from down sooth. Um so <laughs> I, I I am pretty sure he is actually Canadian. Whether he's actually the John Rostein, I don't know, but um I don't know. That was good. I, I like talking to him, so Anyway, appreciate it, Jordan. That was great. Uh, can we talk about uh, our, our real friends uh, in the world of college basketball and and what's going on with yes, the uh, the the propaganda that Coach Kyle is putting out to the world um, down at Kentucky or down in the Bahamas, really? So he took his team down the Bahamas. Um, his first interview, which we talked about a little bit earlier, he called him his kids. He said he wanted to see what they were going to do. He was happy they had the veterans on the team. Obviously, PJ Washington comes back. Uh, Nick Richards comes back. Um, they get the transfer Reed Travis from Stanford, Stanford alum Reed Travis, we should say, um, goes to Kentucky mm-hmm. to get his uh, student athlete, student puts the student student yes. athlete. Yes, yep. he has a Stanford degree, but he wants to get a degree from Kentucky because, you know, the prestige there is obviously next level. Like every other Stanford, like every, every other Stanford graduate, he, he was he was itching. He was jonesing to get to Lexington, Kentucky, just like every other graduate mm-hmm. of Stanford. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to get down there to, to get a degree from, you know, just a prestigious university, of course. Um, but I want to talk about uh, some of the play down there because Coach Cal he's trying to temper the expectations, but he's also giving glowing reviews. So he's talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit here. Um, he goes from kids to guys already. It's August. You pointed mm-hmm. this out. He's mm-hmm. already he's already made mm-hmm. the shift. Um, and mm-hmm. he's got a guy that we haven't really talked about much as far as their freshman guys. We talked about Keldon Johnson a little bit and quickly and, and, and the bigger name guys that have come out. Uh, but Tyler Harrow was the star of the Bahamas trip. Hero. Tyler Hero. I... I I got to or the bottom hero. of this. It, it is hero. It, it is hero. It is hero. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I like I hero like better. Extra. Yeah, hero. I like hero like better. It. Yeah. Yeah. If his name is hero, uh, that tells me he's inefficient. He's got one too many letters in there. I don't. I don't know if that translates over into his game. Like, does he have extra junk to his game as well? Because you're already starting. You're off. We're off on the wrong foot. You already have too many letters in your name if your name's hero. So, uh, but yeah, Matt Jones told me that on Twitter. That it's Tyler he Hero. Said, he said it's pronounced Hero. Yeah. So, so the Hero himself, he averages like seventeen it's, it's, it's points. It's pronounced Duval. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new Duval, Hero Hero. Uh, he has seventeen points per game down there. Shoots forty four percent from three, and that was like the big the big concern for this Kentucky team, at least at least according to Coach Cal, was the shooting, the outside shooting. So Hero is taking the uh, the Cal Wilcher role. Uh, you know, for right now, and he's just the white guy that's shooting threes. Um, everyone's excited about that. Uh, they had one game where I think they went like two for 20 from three, and Hero hit the only two threes that they did hit. And so he's become like a, a star this out of nowhere. against West Virginia in the Elite Eight? Were they playing West Virginia in the Elite Eight? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think Huggy Bear was down there. But 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 all that all that is to say, Coach Cal is very excited about this team, and he's already got the vets that he needs to make a real run. And it looks like he's really buying into his team. And do, should 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 we buy stock into this? Is is all I'm asking? 
Dude, I've been saying it. I'm buying stock in Kentucky. I, so I, I didn't actually watch him play because, uh, as, as I said earlier, Sunday, like this weekend was jam-packed with actually compelling stuff going on, such as such as the fat kid on the Little League team saying, my name's Big Al and I hit dingers. Mm. Uh, I had to watch him play, obviously. I had yes. to watch Tiger, obviously. So, um, One, I didn't watch Kentucky for that reason. Two, I had, I'm in bed with Duke. Um, I've, I've made that clear that Duke is the team I'm going to be absorbing their content in the offseason. So I'm very excited for this upcoming Canadian tour and how they're going to put that on TV. So I'm going to, I, my allegiances to this stuff live with Duke. Having said all of that, Kentucky fans are obviously foaming at the mouth. Like everything I've seen coming out of the Bahamas is like, this team is unbelievable. As we said, Cal loves their team, loves his team. Uh, uh, all the fans seem to love their team. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's an embarrassing. I'm hearing Kentucky fans saying this is the best team since 2015. We all know how that team, how good that team was. Um, I'm I'm very much buying into this. The the propaganda is working on me. Uh, I am not someone who always buys into Kentucky every year. Uh, you and I snuffed this out last year when Cal canceled his podcast. We were like, that's a bad sign. I don't know if I'm really buying into Kentucky this year. I I, I don't really know where to go. I'm buying into him this year. Uh, I I think knowing nothing about anything, they got to be my number one team in the country right now. Yeah. Tate. I think they, they are. I think they have to be. And if, you, it, if if you read the tea leaves, and that's how, and that's how, listen, that's how my preseason vote works. I don't have the BPI like like ESPN where I put Marquette at number four. I I read the tea leaves. I get on Twitter. I sent. I have like a. I, I have I have the Dick Vitale Ball Dome Index, and I'm sitting here just kind of feeling things out. And for Kentucky fans to be this excited about their entire team, um, it, it means something to me. Um, I'm not sure that it's actually going to matter in March, but as it pertains right now, I think, dude, and the best part about this, Kentucky plays Duke November 6th. Mm. Yes. <laughs> in Indianapolis. Yes. In in Indianapolis. I will be there at the game. You will be there at the game. We're yes. going to this game. This is incredible. Like, this is the greatest thing that could happen to college basketball is they, they bumped the Champions Classic. This is also a PSA, by the way. They bumped it up, like, earlier than they, it usually is. It's usually, like, a week later than what it is this is, is going to be this year. So this year it's November sixth. It's usually like in the mid-November, like fourteenth, fifteenth range, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, this year it's the sixth, dude. We get November sixth, Kentucky versus Duke in Indianapolis. I can't believe it. And we get Izzo, we Self, in. Cal, and K all in the same place in Indianapolis. You 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 it's can't fantastic. ask for anything better than that. It's fantastic. Um, I'm definitely buying into buying into the Kentucky thing. Uh, I I I think that's. I don't know. It's going to work out. The other thing I'm buying into, by the way, if you want to get off Kentucky, have you seen this? Uh, uh, I don't know what the Nike Academy is, but it's going on. I think right now. Do you know what the Nike Academy? You're the you're the shoe brand guy. You're you're in. You know what's going on. There's too many academies at this point. Too many skills no. challenges. So even you don't things. know. That's how you yeah. know. All I see on Twitter is that uh, Eric Pascal is like making people's jaws drop at the Nike Academy, and he's going to be a stud this year for Villanova and. And keep an eye on folks. You got to keep an eye on this kid and all this. And I don't know, Tate. Is does does this mean Jalen Brunson is actually like the sixth best player on Villanova? Is he just bumping that? It's just the Jalen Brunson stock is just plummeting at this I, point. I but, can't uh, wait until Colin Gillespie has an amazing year, and then we have to yeah. go. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe Gillespie was the guy last year. Maybe maybe he was the best. Maybe he was the better point guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That'll that'll always be funny to me. That's always going to be funny. Uh, 
Shit. So yeah, Eric Pascal's tearing up the Nike Academy. What else? What else we got going on? Uh, Frank Martin met uh, Ric Flair, which is like a, a match made in heaven. That that happened in the world of college basketball. He was tweeting about how excited he was for that, and all the South Carolina fans were very excited. And you know, just I, I think a Frank Martin update is always nice to have um, for for everyone out there in the world. And as far as like just the the landscape of what's going on in college basketball, probably the biggest thing that is happening starts tonight. You talked about uh, our problems with you know with coverage and when this podcast drops Duke on ESPN plus in Canada, it yeah. starts tonight. It's official. So we're going to be all over it. I have a comment about this. Uh, cause I, I inadvertently hyped everyone up a little too much. Uh, Duke will be playing on ESPN plus tonight and I am excited for that. But, uh, what I'm actually excited for is this like mini series they're putting out. And I thought that was starting tonight. Like when when I had first read the stories and all that stuff, uh, however many weeks ago it was, I thought that was going to be airing tonight. But that's not the case. Like that doesn't air until the fall. That's still like a month or two away, I think. So that kind of sucks. But they are playing tonight. So the, I, I guess the idea is like they're going to be taking all the footage from this trip and then they're going to edit it down and make Coach K look awesome and mm-hmm. make John Shire look like he's one of the boys. Nolan Smith, and, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're going to make it look like they're going to make the brotherhood look awesome. And then they're going to put it out to the world. And then, and then we're going to watch it. If it, listen, if this coincides with the Rick Patino book club, I'm going to be so shitty. Like to have, (laughs) oh, I hope, I hope they figure this out. I hope they do it like a month after the Patino thing because we can't have both going on at the same time, Tate. Or or maybe we we do and we just have to do more podcasts. I mean, that's, that's the only way that we can, we can fight against this because with, with all the content that's coming out, we have to, uh, we have to do this for the people. And we should say, uh, w- with all this Duke stuff, they have actually, they're brilliant because, you know, a lot of teams are going up north, as we talked about with Carlton, and they're just getting their ass beat. And, and we know how that goes. Duke is not putting this on ESPN, right? They're not They're not letting it, they're putting it on ESPN Plus, so you have to seek it out, you have to watch it on your own time, on your own terms, you, have to, you have to subscribe to this new thing. And if they do lose, it's like, a lot of, not that many people will see it because it, it's on this, it's on, on its own They're platform. not even playing Carlton, I don't think. No, of course not. They're playing Ryerson, right? That, that's it's probably genius. the biggest name they know. Yeah. yeah. And that's a Nike, Genius. that's like a Nike thing that, you know, there's no way Ryerson's going to beat Duke, you know what I mean? They might be a good game in the first half, but there's no way. It's genius. Um, Coach K's I have, done I have it one again. more thing. Before, I have one more thing before we go. Uh, Eric Musselman this morning, our 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 guy, the must the must bus was rolling mm. on Twitter this morning, and the the must bus took us to to these to these places. Tape. So Eric Eric Musselman tweets this morning. Coaching is about communication, X's and O's, and motivating, and that's all he said. Yeah, that was the entire tweet. Mm. And I just I just wanted to to highlight that because. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> coaching is about <laughs> coaching is about communicating with your players, drawing up good plays, and also motivating them to play well. And it's like, wow, that's deep. The other thing, the more the more noteworthy thing, Tate, is that last week I was talking about how we were talking about how we need a mantra as a coaching staff, and uh, I, and then I made the comment about how one of my high school coaches put up a, J, a repurposed JFK quote in a locker room. And would like our team would rally around that, and I'm just rolling my eyes like, Coach, that's just JFK. <laughs> I shit you not. This morning, Eric Musselman tweets the following, in quotation marks: "Ask not what your teammates can do for you. Ask what you can do for your teammates." Yes. And he attributes it to Magic Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It was the exact same tweet. It's like the Michael Scott thing. It's you know, it's Magic Johnson hyphen JFK hyphen Eric Musselman. 
props to props to Magic Johnson for for getting that quote too. Like he 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 now gets like he owns that quote. He came up with it. The, that that's that's genius. That that is our move. That should be our move as coaches is just repurpose great 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 quotes throughout history and make them put a little basketball spin on them and then attribute them to us. I have a dream that one day we will play defense for forty we'll, minutes. I have a dream that we will make shots. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we have to fear is the fear of missing shots. <laughs> These are all good. These are all good. Speaking Four score of- <laughs> and seven years ago, shots were made. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Can, can we can we end on the last great thing that we found out that we haven't even mentioned? Rick Pitino is starting a podcast. Did we not talk about that last week? No, no. He, that news broke. We, we knew about the book. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you just started the podcast. Not that's only right. do we have God a Rick Pitino book said. club, what a we have a podcast week, club. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. We get to hear the man himself, his own words, and he has competition with Coach Cal's podcast. He's going to come out and let us know what's going on. Uh, he's also starting a Twitter account uh, for people that like to follow people on Twitter. Rick Pitino will now be on Twitter officially. Um, Dude, we, we couldn't ask for anything better than this. This is just you know perfect. what you know who I want to have on our pod. I want to have Patino, obviously, but I want to have the guy in charge of the Rick Patino brand right now. Mm-hmm. Like, who's this guy that is just like? Because you know Rick Patino is, is paying this man. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. You, you know, you know Rick Patino like went to some like some brand management thing and is paying them like three hundred thousand dollars, and he's saying like, listen, I need. I need a makeover for my image, and what can I do? And the guy's just laughing, like, uh, I don't know, coach. Start a Twitter account, and he's like, "Ooh, that's genius!" Ooh, nice. and, and the guy, so, some guy, is just like squeezing money out of Patino and laughing his ass off that he's getting Patino to do all this stuff <laughs> in the name of image makeover, as though any of this is going to work. I'm so excited for this. This is great. I don't know how I'm gonna like. How are we gonna have enough hours in the day to watch all these games and read Patino's book and listen to every second of his podcast and do our own pie? I don't. I don't know. What we'll to figure it out? That's, That's why we're the hardest working men in showbiz. Absolutely. You and I. Exactly. We're all Patino everything this year. I cannot wait. Um, Before I go, I have a complaint. Mm. And this is venturing back into story time with Titus territory. But hang with me because this shit's pissing me off and I need to vent. Um, So I like to go jogging. I like to run. Um, That's how I stay in shape, Uh, which I'm not in great shape. But I like I, I usually try to jog like, I don't know, five miles maybe every, every so often, right? Uh, I live... My neighborhood, we have running trails that lead. I, I live in Hilliard, Ohio, uh, out in the suburbs of Columbus. But even like you, you've been to the house, Tate, even of further course. west. Like I, I live very far from like downtown Columbus, even though I say I'm from the East Coast city of Columbus, Ohio. Um, and the part of town that I live in, there's a an old railroad that they dug up and they paved over it and turned it into like a biking and, and running trail. Right. And my neighborhood like butts up against this trail. So. Uh, there's a trail, there's basically like a, a, a side trail that then leads to that main railroad trail. And, and I say all that to say this railroad trail runs right by the high schools and the junior highs as well. So that's to set the stage. So the other day I'm going out for my jog. Uh, first of all, it's, it's hot as hell. It was hot as hell here. It's, it's humid as hell. Like I don't even understand why people have swimming pools in this state. Like just, just put like a bucket, just put a big, tub outside and just sit in it and then you'll feel like you're swimming because it's so freaking humid every single day but <laughs> anyway uh it's really hot it's really humid I'm, I'm trying to run like i'm trying to do like my five mile run to get to the main trail where the railroad is uh i have to go about a mile so i have to like get on this the the side trail and go about a mile and then i and then i join the mainstream 
and I'm and I'm in it, right? Yeah, of course. So I'm running a mile, and by the and, and I'm about to get to the main trail, right? And it's it's so freaking hot. I'm already I can barely breathe. I'm I'm a little more out of shape than I would like to be. Uh, and I'm starting to th- like do the math in my head. Like, do I have it in me to like run as far as I wanted to run today? It's I I really played this wrong. Not to mention my allergies start kicking in, so I'm like sneezing as I'm running, right? And and all of this is going on in my head of just like this is this was a terrible idea to start running. Um, I get onto the main trail, and as I turn onto the main trail, there is a pack of like twelve seventh grade girls running behind me, and they are running from the junior high, and and I I deduce that this is probably like the junior high cross country girls team, right? That mm-hmm. is like out for training. Mm-hmm. So the, the point of the story is this. So I, I make the turn and as soon as I make the turn, I'm in it. Once, once you make that turn and you're in the, you're in the mainstream thing, now you're a part of it. You can't like pussy out and, and jump off. I now have these girls running behind me and like my, my head like kicks in to where like I cannot let these seventh grade girls pass me. Right. Yeah. That, that'd be the most humiliating thing that's ever happened is to have this pack. But these, these girls weigh like 50 pounds and they can run really fast. So I'm already at the point I, I, I start, I'm starting on this run and I'm at the point where like, I'm kind of ready to give up like as I'm getting to the main point. And then now like I have to, I have to run harder. So I'm running like as hard as I can. I'm sneezing. I'm sweating my balls off. This goes on for like an entire mile. And that's pretty much my complaint is like, I, I am Mufasa and there's this pack of wildebeest coming to stampede me. And, um, this is what my life has become Tate. And I, I guess I just wanted to share that with somebody because that's like a very specific complaint, but like, we need to do something like, can we build these, these junior highs, like their own tracks? So I don't have to feel, I don't have to have my masculinity challenged by, by 10 year old girls that are out there running every day and are better than me at this because if, I don't know. It's just I, not fun. If I was your coach, I would say no excuses run like a champion. You know it what was, I mean? It was, it was terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm like sneeze, like I'm trying not to sneeze on the, I'm, I'm just pictured like my fat ass running like I'm, I'm like in a full fucking sprint because like these girls are just like casually running and they're in all great shape. And I'm like on a full sprint, making sure I don't get past, but I'm also sneezing and I also can't breathe because it's like hot and humid. And oh god, hey man, I'm fat is kind a, of the you're the a taxpayer. You can petition for that route to be changed. You there pay you go. Your taxes, taxes. Yes, yes, yes. That's great. That, that we is. Just, great. We just need to do something. It's like it's like, like we need to have we, we need to have like adults only like adult swim. You know, mm. at the pool, mm. at the community pool, we need mm. like adult run time. Like we need like fat ass run time on the trail. Where it's like, listen, all you people that are in shape that make us feel like we're terrible, just get off the trail for a second. Same Let with us. the gym. Yeah, if you're already in shape, yeah. you already yeah. won. You already won. You're done. Get out of here. You don't have to come back. That was that was a, that was a very specific complaint that like three people will relate to because they'll be like, no shit, dude, it's the worst when these guys cut. Because I don't know. I, I guess the the mature thing would just to be to let them pass me, but like I can't let that happen. Yeah, like as soon a- as that happens, I already I already know someone's gonna like recognize me as I'm out there running, and I get passed by the girls, and then they'll start laughing at me, and I, I I don't know, it's a whole thing. So I can't let them pass me. So the way the way I actually got out of it was like I I did the move where you pretend like you're uh, you're turning around anyway. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. I was yeah I got so tired. And I, and I, and instead of like, continue, cause I mean, I, I did this for like a full mile and then I got to the point where I was like, Ooh, Ooh, there's like a, there's a signpost up here. I'm just going to pretend like I was always running to this signpost and then turning around. <laughs> and then as soon as I hit the post, I just turned and jumped to the other side of the trail and, and just kept jogging. And then when they got out of view, I stopped and just started huffing and puffing and sneezing. <laughs> yeah. Just take a seat. Just take a seat. That's all I got to do. I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll boost anyway. your, I'll boost your confidence back uh, a little bit here. I was in Palm Springs this weekend. Uh, I was, 
I was late night Sunday night at an after party. I was talking to this guy for about 25 minutes. He's telling me he's from Columbus, Ohio. He's a senior at Ohio State, yada, 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 yada. I walk away from the guy. I go back to dance and do whatever I'm doing. And then my friend comes back up and goes, dude, that guy over there literally was just talking to me about how his favorite podcast is One Shining Podcast and that Mark Titus is, oh, yeah. is literally his favorite person in the world. He, he, like, he just loves Mark Titus, whatever, whatever. I'd been talking to this person for 25 minutes. And I'd walked away, whatever, whatever. And my friend goes, I told him that you were Tate and his head almost exploded. Oh, so he talked he talked to you for 25 minutes and he didn't realize it was you? For 25 minutes, he was just talking to me about, you know, all this other BS. I, I went away and my friend, comes, my friend Matt comes back over and goes, that guy is literally so shook right now that you're Tate. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, he doesn't want to come over here. He's literally losing his mind that that happened, that he was just talking to you. And I was like, good, good to know. The Columbus, Ohio fans, they have your back at all times, Mark Titus. He told you he he told the guy, "Hey, you realize you were just talking to Tate." And the guy goes, "But but the guy I, ta- I was talking to it wasn't black. That can't be." Tate. Yeah, yeah, That's he was not right. He was so shook. He was so shook. He was like, "That guy, I had no idea." He was like, "I didn't think Tate had any fun." He was like, "It, it was just the best. It was the best." Uh, I shook that man to the core, and uh, I just wanted to let so, you know that in Palm been, Springs, hold you on, have friends so you everywhere. Were, I don't want to make fun of this guy too much because he loves me, and and Lord knows that's a rare breed in this world, but. uh you were talking to him for 25 minutes and he heard your voice and he never connected? No. Like he he's hearing your actual, uh, that that's... It was, I, I think in, in his mind, basically what okay. Matt was saying, that he he never thought that I would ever be able to be, to have the fun I was having. You know what I mean? He never thought that I would ever be in this environment that I was You're in. You're a nerd. Yeah, exactly. You can't be Tate. Where's your, where's your box full of posters? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I just wanted to share that story because I, I thought it was unbelievable. So uh, it, it was good uh-huh. to see well, some people from Columbus out there. Speaking of Columbus, Marky Mark is uh, maybe saving the crew. That's going to be awesome. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Please save the crew. Uh, I will help you. We will chip in. We will save the crew. That is our show. We will be back next week. Uh, we will get to your dirty laundry. I keep saying that, but uh, we were told by the people, by the higher ups, to, um, to hold off on that because we might have a bigger, we might have a bigger idea in store with the dirty laundry. Mm. So if you're if you send in a story and you're wondering why, what's going on? Well, at first, at first it was just incompetence. It was just your general incompetence from us, where we just kind of like just drop the ball and everything. But now it has evolved into like there's something bigger possibly in the works. So we're sort of holding off on that. And by that, I mean, we're the only reason I say that is to like, again, make another promise that we're probably not going to fall through with. So (laughs) that's what we do best. It'll be all right. um, Anyway, Tate, you got anything, you got anything else before we go? No, we're all good. I'm excited uh, that that we have stuff to talk about. Duke basketball. Look for it. ESPN plus. College basketball season is right around the corner. Could not be more excited for it. Thank you guys for listening off season is almost over. Uh, we we appreciate it so much that you guys stuck with us throughout the off season. We we expected basically our entire audience to go away. Um, that did not happen. It was uh, only ninety three percent of our audience went away. And we, as I've said many times, I love my seven percent. I love you guys so much. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We are excited. Patino Book Club coming up soon. Save the crew.